Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. On this Valentine's Day, we're going to talk with uh, folklorist Jeannie Thomas. She is a USU English professor, co-director of the USU Digital Folklore Project. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, love magic, cast some spells. We'll talk about your brain on love. Also, heartbreak rituals. It's not all positive for everybody on Valentine's Day, right? And then an interesting study on fruit flies and breakups. It all sounds very interesting. Jeannie Thomas, thanks for coming in. Happy to be here. Um, so I don't know if I've, I probably asked you this before. How did you get into folklore? What was the attraction for you? I took a folklore class as an undergraduate and realized that it was fascinating and that whatever I did with my life, I wanted to look at the world like a folklorist did. I wanted to see how rich everyday life was. Yeah. Uh, so how do you look at a, the world like a folklorist does? So you pay attention to the everyday and the mundane and you look for what makes a place unique and you look for traditional behaviors like love magic yeah yeah uh, love's universal so yeah love magic uh so you're you're teaching an introductory course right to to folklore what what are the what are the main points uh of course it's a whole course but what are uh, i'm always curious to talk to folklorists about what folklore is so we cover we try to show students what's happening in the informal world and how to be more literate and analytical about it. So we cover a bunch of genres. I start off with legends and the supernatural and we move into digital folklore and we do uh, folk vernacular architecture and personal experience narrative and trad- and roots music. Yeah. Uh, so personal experience, I guess everybody experiences folklore. Everybody does. You can't escape it, even yeah. if you try. Even if you try, yeah, that's right. Uh, earlier this year, we had a we had you and uh, Lynn McNeil on to talk about digital folklore. So, uh, for example, we talked about memes about the price of eggs, right? Correct. That's an example, right? Chat GPT memes. Absolutely, and that's that's folklore on the internet, and it's in our everyday lives, and it reflects our everyday lives too. We had an extensive discussion about uh, Taylor Swift. We did indeed. <laughs> you've you've been studying Taylor Swift. Yes, I, I I fell deep down the Taylor Swift rabbit hole when I we were working on that entry. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, and now the whole thing's become political. Uh, apparently, there was yeah. a there was a nefarious plot uh, which uh, didn't come to fruition. The Kansas City Chiefs won. That was part one, but. Taylor Swift didn't end up endorsing uh, Biden. That's right. But I'm not surprised at all because one of the things you know if you study legends is one of the patterns for conspiracy. Conspiracy theories are related to legends. And one of the patterns for conspiracy theories is that they, if you have a narrative that involves somebody famous, that's a sign that you should be wary that you might have a conspiracy theory okay, on your hands. Yeah. So, I mean, Taylor Swift attracting these, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's got such a following, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this uh, this course, we want to talk a little bit about at least a portion of it uh, today. You call it Magic and Monsters? Yes. Monsters and Magic. Yes. Uh, tell me a bit about the course in general. So this is actually a folk narrative course where we cover different narrative genres, but I cover them under the umbrella term of Magic and Monsters because it's sexier and more fun. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and this is graduate level. It is indeed. Um, so these are people becoming folklorists. Correct. Correct. Um, and going on to do all sorts of things. We also have students in that class who are creative writers, for example, and that's their area of emphasis. But you can see 
why they're in a class like this, because we're looking at narrative and there's a lot of creativity um, involved in some of this stuff. So yeah. as, as you'll see when we get into some of this, right. when we get you casting spells, Tom, you'll right, see right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I'm remembering, and I brought up your bio here, and I remembered you um, you you authored a, a book called Naked Barbies, Warrior Joes, Other Forms of Visible Gender, uh, 2003. Uh, so a, uh, a the obvious question: What did you think of the Barbie movie? I loved the Barbie movie. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was dead on. And and in fact, uh, there's in one of my yes, spell kits right here. I've got a Ken and a Barbie. Ken and a Barbie. All right. Because I was fresh out of wax figurines of humans, <laughs> so I had to resort to Ken and Barbie. And that's right. not just any Ken. It's Man Bun Ken. So we've got that's it. Man Bun Ken. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, it, it, that's been all the rage, Man Bun. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe that's been phased out for a lumberjack can. Do we have a lumberjack can with the big beard and the probably, shaved head? And, yeah. Probably. That's what I see the young men doing. Uh, that's these, right. Well, now it's not the shaved head. It's the long hair and the big beard. Um, so uh, I, I, it's hard to keep track. Right? It is really hard to keep track. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump in here. The, the, the portion of this Magic and Monsters class um, where you talk about love spells where, where do these love spells come from? I guess love's a universal emotion. It is indeed. And um, there's some work that suggests it's romantic love is a fairly universal thing as well. Um, there's a terrific anthropologist named Helen Fisher who did, she's a biological anthropologist and she did recent work on this. And by recent, I'm old, so I mean going back to the late 90s into this century. And I actually remember hearing about her work, and it was on Utah Public Radio. Ah. This is a little love story. Right. It was one of those car moments. I was driving to campus. I had a lot of work. I needed to get to my office and get it done. But she was talking about some of her new research explaining the universality of love and what it does to your brain. And I had to sit and listen in the car in the empty parking lot um, to UPR so I could hear the story about it. And she's just gone on to do all sorts of terrific work. She's at the Kinsey Institute and Rutgers. Yeah. This is uh, Helen Fisher, right? Correct. Yeah. So she talked about dopamine, oxy, oxytocin, and serotonin. Yeah. So what happens when you're in the initial stages of love is you get all this, all these, all these good things happening in your brain and all the pleasure centers are stimulated. So the areas rich in dopamine get activated and that feels just really good. You, all your reward centers are just firing. So that's that initial phase when you just want to think about the other person, you just want to be with them when you're obsessed, you know, that kind of thing. And you also, oxytocin is also released, which is the cuddle hormone and, and it's like, uh, People look for it in mother-child bonding and parent-child bonding. So you get that. Those are, are more, um, oh, calm and security, but good, still good feelings. What is interesting is serotonin decreases and cortisol increases. So um, you're, you're, you're kind of anxious and you're obsessed and you're compulsive a little bit in those early phases. As if the love goes on and matures, then you get more serotonin as you get that kind of stable, uh, connected, long-term love. Uh, of course, we uh, we don't like to think of it as pure brain chemistry, right? We don't, but I think once you understand what's happening in the brain, mm -hmm. 
your behaviors make more sense and you can you can maybe even regulate them a little bit more and um I just think it, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, clearly, I'm I'm not a neuroscientist, um, so I'm I'm explaining this in 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 folklorist lay terms. But it's I think something we all can relate to. Yeah. Um, how does folklore respond to this? Uh, you know, uh, fear uh, is an obvious emotion that folklore responds to. Yeah. Right. All the time with legends and stuff. Legends and and things. Um, kind of one of the more recent ones is the Slender Man, right? Correct. Um, which was actually created. We, we know exactly when it was created, but a lot of people don't pay attention to that part. It's just, a, for them, it's a legend that, that uh, like all legends, I guess. Yeah, it was a creepypasta. It was uh, a fiction created on the internet in the early teens, and it, it became video games, and it just spread through the population. It spread through the internet um, to the point where two young girls even tried to kill a friend of theirs kind of enacting the legend in some in a very um, disturbing and sad way. Yeah. So all sorts of emotions, folklore is going to, res- you know, it's the folk, right? It's the, we're going to respond to it. Right. Uh, how about love? I guess there's a whole range of, of um, ways that folklore responds to, to, to this emotion. Yeah, and love is incredibly powerful. And it's not something we think we can maybe control it, but it's hard to control. I mean... You can't tell areas of your brain, oh, I just want you to light up right now, brain. That's not how it works. So those things that we don't have as much control as we would like, that's where magic comes in. Mm -hmm. Magic is all about trying to influence or control things. And since love is a, a slippery thing, you may be crazy about somebody, but they're not crazy about you. How do you deal with that? Well, you may you may break out some magic rituals and love magic is it can be it it's fun to read about. It's also really weird and it can be um, creepy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, you're trying to control somebody else, right? Is exactly. What you're, what you're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah, we we all we all have known that impulse. Yes, right? we have. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we have. If only they would do this. If only they would do this. Well, let's jump in here. Let's. Uh, so you you've got some love spells here. In fact, you've got some the actual ingredients uh, as it were yes. right, right here yeah i i have i have some bags in here with um, things to do the spells and the spells i brought the i brought them in this morning for um, the listeners and tom okay all right we're good where should we start you pick one okay uh, here's one it's a bag a blue bag and you've got a card here um there's a a stick. Yep. Okay. Is that a wand? It's actually a little stylus. A style. Oh, it's a stylus. Okay. Uh, number ten: to bewitch a woman and win her love. Should I read this then, or? Yeah, and that's a long one, so you can skip around if you want. Okay. Uh, if you want to bewilder a woman so that she finds her way to no one except you, make a hole in the floor where she goes over it, and put the. Eaten spear blood, perhaps a type of snake, and carve a ring on the outside of it and her name and these staves or symbols, mold pours, and what, what is this, what culture is this from? This is Icelandic. This is Icelandic, okay. So how's your Icelandic today? Uh, it's not very good. You can skip all that. Okay, Icelandic. all right. So you do all that. 
And uh, and then essentially it's, I look at you and you feel love and affection for me with all your heart. You can't sit anywhere nor stand to be anywhere unless you love me. And it goes on from their Icelandic latter 1500s is what yeah. this is from. Yeah, and it gets, it gets really kind of hostile. Um, if you don't fall in love with me, you'll sit as if burning, your hair falling out. May your clothes be ripped up unless you want to have me, you easy woman, you. <laughs> this is, so this has been something that uh, would have been common or well-known, or would you have to have gone to a shaman or somebody? Well, to... you would have gone to a, a practitioner, a okay, magical yeah. practitioner for this kind of stuff. And Tom's also got a rubber snake. I've got the snake. You can get the, some snake's and, blood. And you can like use the yeah. stylus to draw a circle here on your table or, and, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, and yeah. try to get somebody to... Um, lean over it in in our context, and and then the spell may be in, enacted. Um, you read spells like this, and you kind of go, "Wow, let's talk about the ethics of this." Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I get into great conversations about <laughs> ethics and love magic with yeah. my students, and they're like, "Whoa, this stuff is intense." Yeah, because this is controlling, right? Yeah, you're and, essentially is, is seeking to control somebody. And there are. Are there ethics there? Not really. It's just like, I want to take you over. And it's a kind of all-consuming thing where it's you're totally in the moment. And it's like, this is somebody who's really infatuated because they haven't thought, okay, I, I'm just going to bind them to me. They haven't thought, what happens if I bind them to me and I discover they are not the person I thought they mm-hmm. were? I am stuck with them. Yeah. You know, So there's no... What about their own free will? There's no thinking. It's just all right in the moment and right in the heat of passion. Yeah. So this is this is Eros or you know that burning love. Um, think Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Right. Kind right. of love. Uh, obsession. Yes. Right. Obsession. More, kind of more than love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. This 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 person. Um, might have needed some, you know, help from a therapist, perhaps. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, so this is Iceland, the 1500s. I imagine you find this kind of thing in all cultures, probably. Yes, uh, yeah. you can find this all around the world. It's very common. The Iceland ones are 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 fun because they're really fierce. There's a pretty well known one uh, from the same magic book. They're called grimoires. That. Um, is a farting spell that you can cast on somebody you just want to make fart all the time. They, so they 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 were they covered ev- they covered the range of everyday life from love to farting. I'm, I'm trying. So this would be someone you don't like. Absolutely. Okay. This would be a revenge, a uh, revenge spell or something. Thing, okay. Yeah. All right. I was trying to think. Why would you want somebody to? You have to be an enemy. Yep. That, it would be a pretty cruel thing. It would be a pretty cruel thing, yeah, yeah. And again, very controlling. Magic is you very know, controlling. All about controlling. Very controlling. All right. Well, let's let's uh, do another one. Then we'll take a break. Come back to some more. I'm gonna. This is a black bag here. The felt bag. So you got these in. Um, this is number two. To win a girl's love. Um, likewise, while fasting, make the letter helm of awe with your spittle in your palm. When you greet the girl whom you want to have, it should be the right hand. It, very important, the right hand. Uh, so this is Icelandic, uh, again, uh, 1500s. Correct. Um, and then also in this bag is number one, the, the arm love charm. Write these characters, and it has the characters here, and carry them on your right arm. You will be beloved by men and women. This is Italian, 1400s. So this, I guess you just want to be beloved. 
Yeah, the the first one's a little tamer. It's not you're not focusing in on somebody, you're not dragging them to you. You're just saying, I want people to like me. And Tom's got some pens here. Got some pens and to, if, to write uh, these things. Right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so you could tattoo yourself. You right. Could, so there are, we've got a little charm here, and there, there are these odd-looking characters. And sometimes they meant something, and sometimes they were just meant to be weird. Mm-hmm. It's what the famous anthropologist Malinowski called the coefficient of weirdness, meaning in magic spells, you want to have things in them that multiply the weirdness because you're setting them apart from everyday life. So it needs to be weird and special in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. And I will note you got another Icelandic one. And when I teach these things, I'm always getting on the internet because of the digital folklore side of me and seeing, well, what are people doing with them? And when I was looking at the Icelandic spells, I found a YouTuber who does a whole series about um, Icelandic staves, which are symbols on sticks where they would write the spells. And he was having people write into him, and they were sending him some staves. And, and he said, the number one question I got from people writing into me was, can I use these as tattoos? Uh-huh. <laughs> the second question he got most often was, where do you think I should put it on my body? <laughs> and he said he started looking at the the symbols they were sending to him, and he he works with the traditional stuff. He didn't recognize any of them, and he's like, what are these? And then he realized that somebody had made a book for tourists where they made, they created new ones, and um, they were for things like looking hot on Tinder, the dating <laughs> app, for example. This is updated. Yes, and for, people for were time, yeah. saying, were thinking they were getting this old traditional kind of tattoo thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, th- this is this is beyond our control, right? Absolutely. Finding true love, right? Yeah. It, beyond our control, and so as we've been as we've been saying, magic is seeking for some control. Exactly some over of, this mystical thing that we don't have enough control yeah. over. So these spells, there, there is weird here, right? Absolutely. Got to have the weird. For me, I guess maybe as a modern or whatever, uh, it's kind of off-putting. I, it, it, it ratchets up my unbelief. But I guess if you're willing to believe this, the weird kind of takes you into the special. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You, got, you have to do something that marks this as a ritual mm. in some way. And so you use specialized language. Yeah. Um, so it occurs to me this is, might be somewhat problematic to get this tattooed on, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even maybe not the right characters. Yeah. Um, but I guess that shows that even today people have this impulse. Yeah. And I'm, it's always interesting to see how my students react. I put some pens in there and they don't have to tattoo uh-huh. and, um, they, but Invariably, I will have somebody just with a giant, <laughs> with all these magical characters leave class that day. They always do it. And then I, I will have the spit, spit in your hand thing is kind of gross. And I will always have people who do that and try to, you know, draw with spit. So fun with spit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, having fun, I guess, you know. Uh, it, do you ever have anybody, you know, desperate for love and they think, uh, well, I'm going to try one of these? Not love spells. <laughs> not that anybody confesses. We actually do talk about ethics and and the. I mean, 
neo-pagans and Wiccans will be familiar with the notion that whatever you put out in the magic realm comes back to you at least threefold, sometimes more, depending on your tradition. And that's fairly common. So we talk about that. We talk about ethics. And when we do love magic, it's a great, uh, we get into great conversations about ethics and romance. Mm. It's a really good way to do it. And it's a, and it's a fun, low stakes, um, not preachy way to do it and, and explore that with people. Uh, of course, in the movies, and I'm uh, I'm sp- thinking specifically about a couple of movies, but uh, uh, you probably find others. For example, I Married a Witch, uh-huh. uh, Frederick March and uh, Veronica Lake, and then Bell Book and Candle, uh, mm-hmm. James mm-hmm. Stewart and uh, and Kim Novak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it backfires, right? So in, in each case, the the witch. Uh, d- mistakenly drinks her own love portion, potion and falls in love with the with the mortal, right? Yep, yep. Uh, is there any, any of this in the legends? Well, I was just going to say, you bring up love potions, and those are notoriously tricky. And they were real. Uh, we have, uh, the Greeks were great, great at records. One of the neat things about love spells is that we actually, we don't have to look at them through court documents like we do other aspects of magic, say, related to witchcraft, like the witchcraft trials. But we have the actual documents, and the Greeks were great on recording these things, and so we have um, information on that. There's not a, sometimes not a lot of context, but you have the thing itself. And they used love, sex workers used love potions. They were basically to calm people down. Um, so they were basically tranquilizers. And they're notorious for backfiring because sometimes they used too much and killed people. Mm. So you have to be very careful when messing with magic because you're, you're dealing with forces you can't control, um, compounds that may be dangerous. Anything that can heal can also harm often. Uh, is, there, is this updated? Are, are they, has this continued through to today? Oh, my gosh. Yes. TikTok okay. loves this. Instagram loves okay, this. Yeah. There are all sorts of mm-hmm. – you can get online and see all sorts of people doing contemporary things with these kinds of magical notions. And you can see basic magical principles at work. The impulse, I guess, is the same. Yeah. The the uncontrollable world, you're trying to control it somehow. Yeah, if you would, so while we're talking about basic magic principles, try the conversation hearts. All right, I'm gonna open this up. This is a box of conversation hearts that are those chalky conversation hearts. All right, let me. Multicolored. Multicolored. I've got a yellow one here. You and me, it says. Okay. There you go. And if I can read that. Rockstar. Then another one here says, hug me. So the, what, what are these conversation hearts? You're supposed to open this up and then in, this is a conversation starter? Yeah. With or the you, one you love? Or you... Or you give it to your sweetheart yeah. or somebody you like, and then they ingest things like hug me, yeah, love me, you know. And so these started, I think, really 19th century America. They've been going for quite a while. The company went bankrupt during COVID, and they, they just came back fairly recently. So this has been around for a long time. Now, I don't necessarily think the company, the company founders sat down and said, we're going to do love magic with these things. But it was in the culture enough that you do 
that you write on something and you try to get the person to ingest it. That's a common aspect of love magic. And that's called, it's a form of what we call sympathetic magic. It's a form of contagious magic where it operates through touch and ingesting. So that's a powerful form of magic. You still see that with us today. Um, kids play, if a kid gets this invisible bug called cooties at school, they pass it to somebody else by touching them. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest that those could easily be rooted in love magic. And in fact, um, we have a spell, it's in number four in the purple bag, where you can see a similar kind of principle at work. Okay. I'm opening the, the purple bag here. This is number four, throw the apple. Is that the one? That's the one. To whichever person I give or whichever person I throw the apple at or hit with it, setting everything aside, may they be mad for my love, whether they take it in their hand and eat it or set it in their bosom. May they not stop loving me. This is from Greek, first century. A variation you can write, I vow to marry your so, own. So you would say, I vow to marry, you would write on the apple, I vow to marry Tom Williams. Oh, I see your own name. Okay. Yeah. On the apple before you throw it at your, you throw it. You throw it <laughs> at, at your, your intended. intended. Okay. And Tom's got an apple. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm pulling out the apple. There it is. And there's a little stylus. With a stylus. So, and you can actually kind of write on you the could, apple. You can write that on the apple. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. And so this one is, is it? is a fun one because it's it's sort of like this is this is how the ancients flirted people throwing <laughs> apples at each other and of course the apple comes loaded with symbolism biblical yeah. symbolism yeah. and and um knowledge and sexual knowledge and carnal knowledge right all that stuff but it's definitely contagious magic um so you would, and you'd wait to see if the uh, person picks it up and eats it, or mm-hmm. whatever they would do. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I also think of it as as the texting of the ancients, because yeah. you don't have to say, "Hey, you, I like you. Will you go out with me?" Yes. You can you can do it, you know, from a distance, and it can be play playful. Hopefully, you don't bean them too hard. Yeah. And if they, you know, if you're intended, say it's a woman. If you're intended, picks up the apple takes a big old bite out of it, and then drops it down her bodice, you're like, hey, I'm good to go. Right. Rock and roll, right? Be a good a good sign. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and if they ignore it, you're like, well, I, oop, I don't, that was just a twitch. I don't know how that apple ended up right. over there. So it gives you that. It's a way to control some of the anxiety that you have around relationships and um, love, and it also gives you a little bit of a buffer and that's why people text. It's easier. You It gives you that psychic buffer that you need. You're not like right up in their face. You know, it's like kids in school. Hey, tell so-and-so I like them. And then the kid runs and says she likes you instead of you saying, hey, I like you because it's easier. And, yeah. you, and it, there's so much anxiety there. You're trying to manage that and control right. your anxiety. Right. Well, I, I did that classic thing in junior high. You know, I wrote the little note. Do you, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. I had my best friend deliver it. Uh, yeah, that buffer, right? And for me, it was a happy ending. She she checked yes. Uh, it, was, it was so sweet. That is a very sweet story. I think she moved away shortly after we lost touch. But uh, anyway, to, you know, uh, a brief win there, right? Yeah, early early Tom <laughs> Williams Valentine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, one of these says, uh, these uh, conversation hearts says, LOL. 
<laughs> so I guess that's a little ambiguous, right? Yeah, but it just made me do it. Yeah, yeah you, sort you of. did laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, guess I mean, if you laugh together, right? Yeah, then, yeah. And you see the influence of the of our digital world on yeah. those. Yeah, right, it's fun right, to yeah, see how yeah. they get updated. Yeah, yeah, that is fun. And they they are certainly not as as creepy as some of the stuff I I have in the spell kits either. Right, we're still to come. Well, let's take a break. And we'll get to the, the even creepier stuff. Uh, we're talking with folklorist uh, Jeannie Thomas. She is USU English professor and co-director of the USU Digital Folklore Project. Teaches a class called Monsters and Magic, is it? Magic Mon- and Monsters. Magic and Monsters. And part of that is love magic, where, where she's uh, giving us some of that today. We're, we're uh, looking at some love spells. We'll get into talking about heartbreak rituals and a, uh, a breakup study on fruit flies uh, and breakups, I guess. Uh, that's all to come following this break. You're listening to Access U Time, Tom Williams, and we're talking with Jeannie Thomas. She's a folklorist, USU English professor, co-director of the USU Digital Folklore Project. She teaches a class called Magic and Monsters, and part of that is love magic. We thought that would be very appropriate for Valentine's Day today. And uh, we've been uh, going through some love spells, so Icelandic, Italian, Greek, modern day, right? Uh, let's. Can I pick up this bag here? This is a red, red uh, velvet bag here. Let me see what the love potion is here, or the the spell. It's number six. Don't get angry. Um, so number one, get an intricate floral girdle. A belt, women sometimes wore ribbon ones, to inscribe on it, love me forever and don't get angry if another person holds me. That's uh, Greek from around 31 BCE. Uh, that <laughs> That's interesting. Um, love me forever, but don't get angry if someone else holds me. Yeah. So what is that about? Trying to work on their jealousy or setting up an open relationship? And I I, I made Tom a ribbon sash with that okay, written on it. So. Get this. Yeah, there you go. You got the sash here. Love me forever. Don't get angry if another person holds me. Yeah. <laughs> got that. You're supposed to uh, wear that uh, a floral girdle, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, so another the Greek. Yeah. This comes from the, from the Greek. Yeah. So some ambiguity there. You know, love Absolutely. is ambiguous. Absolutely. And we love the ambiguity because it gives you all sorts of room to interpret it. Yeah. Uh, love me, but I'm keeping my options open. Exactly. That's what we're, what we're saying here. Exactly. And we don't know if it's reciprocal, you get the same, or if it's super creepy controlling again. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's an interesting one. Um, so all sorts of things here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this one is maybe a little less controlling. I hope you love me. Yeah. But maybe somebody else will, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So you definitely see a range in these. Right. Right. Um, so you got a big bag here. Yeah. There's Ex- a couple this one. in that oh, one. Oh, there, there is a card in here. Okay. Let me... Yeah, there's a couple. A couple of cards. One. Let me. One's a little involved. I've got, okay. while Tom's looking at the card, I've got two Barbies, a lighter, a candle, and a couple of pinwheels. Okay. All right. And again, uh, the Barbie is, you said man bun? Man bun can. Man bun can. Man bun can, and then the Barbie has dark hair. Yeah, just a generic beach Barbie. Okay. Uh, So I should do number seven first, I guess. Sure. Um, Drag this person to my house. This is is already starting very controlling. Um, drag this person uh, to my house as this wax doll with the divinity's power do melt. 
so may they melt with Eros. Uh, name, so you put your yeah. name or their name? Their name in this one. Their name at once. And as whirls around this bronze rhombos from Aphrodite, so too may they whirl round my doors. And then this is, what's this name? Um, Oinx? Unix. Oh, Unix, Unix. Drag them to my house. This is Greek, and uh, this is from uh, Theocritus, the idol. Third century. Yeah. So you want to light the candles and hold the dolls over it while trying not to catch them in the studio on fire. And, and then you're going to whirl the pinwheels to get everything really going. And, and so you're going to, this is what we call sympathetic magic. Ah. So you're, you're affecting the dolls with your behavior. And that impacts people in real life. So you're positing a magical relationship between two unlike things. So like what you do, they will do something. And we tend to, we tend the classic example of this is, is what we call in pop culture voodoo dolls, mm-hmm. which is a misnomer. The, 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 that's actually a European tradition. Voodoo is a legit religion. It's not satanic in any way it's not satanic i'm just going to say that again it's really not satanic and so that's not something that comes out of that it comes out of european tradition and you can see it going back to greek magic here with a human figure and you're you're you want it to melt with desire so you're going to melt it over a flame so that you want the figure to actually melt you this do. Is symbolic. Yeah, but yeah. I really mm-hmm. don't want you to melt my man, Duncan. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll preserve those. Yeah, and okay. I see, I'm see. i proud to see that you are into studio safety. No, yes. no open fires. No open in the, fires, In the no. studios, you draw the line. I do draw the line there, that's right. Uh, number eight, uh, stars into their eyes. Stare into your beloved's eyes while murmuring the name of Aphrodite for seven consecutive days. This is Greco-Egyptian. Yeah. Uh, fourth century or earlier. Um. So you got to have your beloved present to do this. Yeah. So let's think about this. How does this actually work? Do you like get bathroom breaks? Right. Do you do it, you know, like for seven days consecutively? Or do you just do it when you feel like it? This one's interesting because I think there could be some, uh, one of the, the major therapist and theorist on love is John Gottman. And one of the things he says today is that people, you need to give people daily, basically affirmations. You need to, they need to hear positive things from you like three to five times a day or something along those lines. This is kind of that thing. You know, you're, you're staring at your beloved, um, saying Aphrodite, goddess of love and beauty, which, you know, most, most, most people would think, okay, that's positive. So if, if both of you can do this for seven days, that's probably a good sign that you're in love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, you need the cooperation of your beloved, right? Absolutely. Can't do this from afar or right. s- sneakily. You're right. If they're running yeah. from you, hard to do. Hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's kind of a positive one. That's you yeah. know, positive yeah. affirmation and uh, pro- I imagine that would work. Yeah. You're affirming your love. Try it at home. Okay. Well, yeah. Very good. <laughs> Try that. So that's a good what is it, a Greco? Yep, it's Greek again, I think. Gre- that's Greek again, yeah. 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 Egyptian, An too. Egyptian, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very Excellent. old, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, those, were, those were great. Thanks for, thanks for bringing those you're, in. You're welcome. Uh, we're talking with Jeannie Thomas, uh, who is a folklorist, 
at Utah State University. Uh, let's take another brief break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about um, heartbreak rituals, the other side of this, um, and uh, we'll get to uh, study on fruit flies and breakups. We'll have more following this break. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We're talking about uh, love magic on this Valentine's Day, and we've uh, got uh, for the hour Jeannie Thomas. She's a USU English professor, folklorist, co-director of the USU Digital Folklore uh, Project. We've been uh, taking a look at some um, love spells. Uh, let's go to the uh, the opposite side. Um, sometimes it's heartbreak, right? Yeah. Let's check into the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, let's do. <laughs> so... Well, from the folklore perspective, what do you do when you when you break up? So it's really interesting, but there are all sorts of informal rituals that we do, and we often do them without even thinking about them. So people tend to eat. They tend to have um, breakup sex, either with the ex or with some, you know, anybody they can corner, perhaps. Um, they They drink too much. They um, burn things. They get angry and they burn things. They you know, listen to good breakup songs. So why do we do those things? I don't. I don't know if you remember any of your breakup rituals. But. Um, probably just retreating into a dark room and you know, kind of going back to the womb and <laughs> just back to the womb. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that is so fun. I mean. I've been in the field for years, and it's so fun to see uh, research come into play, is now we know what's going on in the brain that pushes us in that direction. So what's happening is you're, you had all those really great chemicals at work and hormones, really, and, and the neurotransmitters lighting up the reward centers of your brains, and now you're sucking fumes on that, and you want it back. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and you're upset about that. And so you're trying to stimulate, in some cases, those reward centers. Like, that's, that's why eating, drinking, and sex comes into, into play, because you're trying to stimulate those reward centers. If you think about it, there, I think there should be more, if, if I could tell history anything, I would like more rituals on breakup for people, because people really need help with that. It's, it's if you're really in love with somebody and they dump you, it's incredibly difficult. And it's incredibly difficult because they've been a part of your life and you lose that habit of contact with them. So it shakes up your everyday world, but also because they've really, they've literally messed with your brain and your brain has to change. So you need rituals and you need to do things that help you get out of that and that help you get those chemicals going. So you want to hang out with friends. You want to get you want to get some of that bonding. You want to get some of that feel good stuff. You want to hang out with friends. You want to exercise and and get good um, chemicals and responses flowing. Um, and you you want to cuddle your pets. You want to get you know oxytocin going again. So you actually need to figure out things to do to replace what was going on in your brain. Are there any, uh, what does folklore say about that? Any rituals that that you find, you know, in 
among folklore for this? Uh, burning things. I think that's yeah, the yeah. one that everyone everyone tends to go to fire first. Uh, my my grad students have to have to do when we did the unit on ritual and understanding ritual. They have to do a, a non-religious ritual, so a secular ritual that's accessible and 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 um, to help graduate students. That was the assignment, and so they've been working on their rituals. And one of the first questions I got was they're coming out to my house to do it. I invited them out to my house to do it. And the, one of the first questions I got was, we know you have a fire pit. Can we use it? <laughs> so fire is important. I think obviously that gets us going. It warms us. And if you think about it, it's a big part of ritual like fireworks at the 4th of July. So right. it just gets us going. Yeah. And it's one of those rituals that operates on. It's not an everyday kind of thing. Like the Pledge of Allegiance is an everyday kind of more mundane ritual. It operates on one time, but kind of being spectacular in a some, and so it makes it has a big impact. And so burn their stuff, burn yeah. those love letters. Okay, yeah, it's not just a fire. You're burning love you're burning letters. Love you're burning love letters. You know. You're you're ritually getting rid of them. It's all yeah. gone. Yeah, It'd be harder these days. You'd have to print out the email, I guess, and. Yeah, you don't want to throw your cell phones in the fire, yeah, right? <laughs> or the text. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but maybe that that cute uh, stuff stuffy they gave you at last valentine's right. day you you burn that sucker yeah you're moving on you're moving what, on what you're doing yeah. and you you mark that ritually yeah yeah uh so this is very interesting um fruit flies and breakups yeah so just so we know we're not alone in dealing with these kinds of rituals and activities when you break up there are all sorts of interesting and slightly bizarre studies of fruit Flies. It's slightly disconcerting to know how useful fruit flies are for understanding human behavior. Um, for example, one of the things they do is they apparently rub their, this is a newer study, they apparently rub their wings together to create music as part of their mating ritual. The males do. And I know males of other insect species do this too. So they are serenading they're intended and it kind of makes me think speaking of the barbie movie of that scene in the barbie movie ken on the beach with a guitar uh, serenading barbie very aggressively staring into her eyes maybe he should he should have been saying aphrodite 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 (laughs) over and over again anyway i digress so they do that but one of the studies found that if fruit flies are rejected in mating and they are placed in a, con- a container where they have usual fruit fly food and alcohol, the successful maters ate normally. The poor fruit flies who were rejected by their desired companions drank four times as much alcohol. <laughs> so just like people just do. like people wow yeah yeah and yeah. uh, the reason is you're trying to stimulate those parts of your brain yeah and you're trying to feel the good feels again right yeah so, so this, ha- this is observational can we learn something from that i, 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 I guess I guess that's what humans do what fruit flies do as yep. well right yep so we're not we're not alone in our in our misery and in the rituals we almost intuitively make up to deal with them because we have we all have brains yeah yeah 
Well, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you're not experiencing heartbreak on this Valentine's Day. If you are, um, my sympathies, right? But no, uh, no, I've got, I have a new puppy, and so the oxytocin is really flowing at my house. <laughs> good, good, very good. I just have about a minute left. Um, we talked, you know, as I mentioned this about a month ago. We talked about the digital trends of the year. Any any early contenders in 2024? I haven't seen anything really break out. Sometimes uh-huh. something will break out in January, but often the winter's kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still watching. I'm just starting that unit with my students, so we'll see what they say in my classes. Right, right. Because they are the young, and yes. they are. I rely on them to, you know, keep me up with the really cool stuff because I often find the internet's very generational. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of generational, uh, President Biden went on TikTok and, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, you know, he seems like an old guy on TikTok is, is what happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what advice he got there, but, uh, uh, TikTok's a very young kind of a thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I, I, I feel his pain yeah. because I always sort of frame it for my students. Okay, we're going to discuss this now. I, I follow the research. I follow this. But I am, in a, I am in a different digital world than you are. So please be gentle and realize this is now the official, you're going to tell me, official, explain to the old person your, your internet. Yeah. And so I always try to frame it for them. So they just, I never try to be cool. That's just hopeless. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. Another thing I, I ran across fairly recently was uh, younger generation apparently makes fun of maybe our generation, older generation, for that pause when you turn the video on before you start speaking. Really? Yeah, they're yeah, they're saying that's so you know that's so last decade. They're 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 very much into. You start speaking immediately as you turn on the, you know, is it is this on thing? You know, I guess that's yeah. our generation. Yeah, that's so interesting. One of the other things that I see them doing, I had a student make a video for my class there. They're very meta. And the the video will, the, this video happened to be about ghost hunting. But there are all these video game references throughout it and cutaways to scenes. And boy, the students really reacted strongly because it's a shared world. And it triggers some of their shared nostalgia. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much. we reached the end of our time. Jeannie Thomas is a folklorist. She's a USU English professor, co-director of USU Digital Folklore Project, teaches a class called uh, Magic and Monsters. We've been talking about love magic and uh, other related topics on this Valentine's Day. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome.